the Midtown Detroit studios of WDET. This is Detroit Today. Today we're going to talk about public transit here in Southeast Michigan, a long-standing insufficiency that could get worse if officials in Auburn Hills decide to opt out of our suburban bus system. We're going to talk about it with the chair of the Oakland County Board of Commissioners and some transit advocates, and we want to hear from you. What should we do to make public transit here better instead of worse? It's all next on Detroit Today, but right now, the news from NPR. Detroit Today is supported by Michigan School of Psychology in Farmington Hills, educating psychologists today who will transform our world tomorrow. Learn more at msp.edu. Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. So, if you go just about anywhere else in this country to any other major metropolitan area, one of the things that might strike you if you're from here is just how much better other communities have it when it comes to public transit. Lots of them have light rail systems or subways or above-ground trains that get people quickly from one place to the other, to school or work or play. It all just kind of works. It all integrates into people's lives. But here in Metro Detroit, for most of our lives, no matter what age you are, we just haven't had anything close to a modern regional public transit system. This is car country, not just by choice, but by default. If you don't have a car, how would you get around in Metro Detroit? It dictates where you would have to live. It affects how you get to work or school, how much time you spend commuting. And it makes the kinds of growth, the kind of smart growth, the kind of economic growth that we envy in other communities really, really difficult. Every time we attempt to find a robust public transportation network through the Regional Transit Authority, which we created not too long ago, it fails. In the northern suburbs, that leaves transit riders with SMART, the suburban bus system. But that system has huge gaps because of the communities that are allowed to opt out of that system. And now there's another major community that is considering leaving the system. Auburn Hills is moving toward opting out of SMART. Instead, the city says it would create its own weekday-only transit system and it would be available for seniors and people with disabilities. As though transit is only necessary for folks who fall into those categories. Auburn Hill City Council is planning to vote on a resolution to opt out of SMART at its meeting tonight. And think of the ripple effects that will have on retail jobs and other employers in and around Auburn Hills, that would just be more difficult to reach. Great Lakes Crossing, Oakland University, Stellantis, so many other automotive suppliers. Think about what this would mean to all of those places. And, of course, to people who rely on public transit to get to those places. A little later, we're going to hear from a local transit advocate and a longtime urban planner about what this Auburn Hills opt-out might mean for the region. But we really don't have to wait to hear 
what they're going to say. This is disastrous. This is moving in the wrong direction. This is making people's lives a lot harder than they need to be. But first, before we get to those advocates, I want to welcome a top Oakland County official who has been speaking out about what he calls this region's, quote, Swiss cheese approach to public transit. Dave Woodward is the chair of the Oakland County Board of Commissioners. Dave, welcome back to Detroit Today. Stephen, thanks for having me on. Thanks for that lead-in, too. I think you summed up the, the challenge and the problem and and kind of like lay the groundwork for how we're going to move forward. Well, and I know you feel this way because you and I have talked about this before, but I, I'm just really frustrated and tired of this conversation. I mean, I've lived in this community most of my life, but I have lived in other communities around the country, and I've never seen anything like this anywhere else. I mean, it, 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 is, it is singularly uh, self-destructive the way that we think about public transit here and the stalling that happens when we get to a point where we have the opportunity to do better. Uh, We've been talking about this, as I said in the open, for my entire life and probably even a little longer here. Uh, I I know that, that for you, not just as chair of the Oakland County Commission, but, but as somebody who's worked on transit, for a really long time, you have the same story to tell about about that frustration. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, I, and from a personal experience, if it wasn't for uh, the limited transit we have as a as a young man, starting going to Wayne State, uh, living in Royal Oak, I re- I had to rely on it because my family had to share a car. Uh, today, my parents have downsized in one car. I've got family members that relied. Um, on uh, our transit system to get to healthcare, so it is a much bigger conversation. You're right; the frustration is real. Um, but I, I, I want to. I think it's really important to cast a, I mean, a shadow of hope in the moment. I mean, I know where Oakland County historically has been seen as a as a blocker of progress on this. Well, mm-hmm. for the first time in history, um, that we have a, tran- a pro transit majority on the county's governing board. We have a pro transit county executive. We have a pro transit Oakland. County Public Transit Authority, which is the entity that collects the revenue that supports SMART. Those things didn't exist four years ago. And uh, and, and because of that, I think the opportunity is, I mean, is right for us to actually approach transit as a countywide. i got to turn to my brothers and sisters to the east in Macomb County. They do it countywide. They did it right. And if we were to start over today, the way we do transit is not how we would have started Um but uh, we find ourselves in this position today in, in part of like one of the, I mean, the, the, I mean it's an unfortunate situation um, that's happening. But the Auburn Hills um, uh, issue, um, it's a force of the conversation, how we need to improve mobility and transit in southeast Michigan. I mean, I welcome it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I do want to talk about the majority on the commission and what difference that might make. Uh, to to the conversation in, in not just Oakland County but but all of Southeast Michigan about how we how we solve this problem. But but I do want to spend just a little time having you talk specifically about Auburn Hills City Council their planned vote tonight to opt out of Smart and the the effects that this would have in in our region. Auburn Hills is a pretty key pivot point for a lot of cross-county kinds of, of, of traffic. It is home to many large employers. And, of course, it, you know, it has a population that's economically diverse and, and, and is somewhat reliant on public transit to get to other, to other places. So, so, so talk about what we would be experiencing if Auburn Hills does pull out of, of SMART. Yeah, I guess I want to be a, a little hopeful. I mean, the, the whole process that they're kept me talking about, um, it's important to understand that our, the way that the suburban Oakland County system is set up is through uh, the state's Public Act 196. And so like, the first thing I would highlight is that I think that lawyers need to evaluate exactly what they think that they're doing. Um, the bigger issue is that voters in Auburn Hills, um, three out of four, over and over again, when the question is brought forth to renew, support 
uh, support smart, support mm-hmm. the, the bus system that currently exists, three out of four. And so it is frustrating when you've got a small number of people and the council is even thinking that, well, we're going to overturn the will of people um, because they don't believe that the, the voters got it right. Well, they overwhelmingly, I mean, when you get, I mean, 75% of people voting and supporting anything, um, you probably are on the right right path. Uh, but you're absolutely right. If you've got uh, the home of local university, Great Lakes Crossing, uh, these places need to get students to them. Um, you've got to get workers to them in order for them to operate. And you disrupt the system for a very limited, uh, I mean, a limited five day um, a week service um, that doesn't allow people to get where they need to go when they need to go, um, and restrict it to a very small segment, a smaller segment of the population, is incredibly harmful. Uh, and so I. And I, I look at the situation, I have been observing it, um, the, the new uh, general manager, Smart, uh, Dwight Farrell, sat, sat down with them, um, committed to address all the concerns that they raised out and some technical issues, and, and I think it was appropriate. Um, and, I mean, there's recognition of new service, microtransit service, the Flex Smart system that's um, allowing on-demand um, to complement the existing fixed route system. You've got the fastest growth in the Auburn Hills, Pontiac area. Um, it, I, I, again, I think this is a little bit of a distraction of the broader conversation. I think it would be, it is harmful, um, but I mean I'm optimistic that I mean we're going to be able to make measured progress on transit going forward, regardless. Hmm. I'm talking with Dave Woodward. He is the chair of the Oakland County Board of Commissioners, and we're talking about transit here in uh, Southeast Michigan and the vote that is supposed to be taking place tonight on the Auburn Hills City Council uh, to perhaps opt out for that community of SMART to say that they don't want to be part of the suburban bus system. This is an issue that has come up time and again, uh, partially because we don't have uh, a fully funded, comprehensive regional uh, regional transit approach here in, in Southeast Michigan. We've been trying for many, many years to get to that point. We come up short, it seems like, each time. The question is, what would happen if Auburn Hills pulled out of SMART? Also, where would that leave us in that larger conversation about regional transit? Uh, As always, we want to hear from you on the phones. Uh, Do you think communities ought to be able to opt out of our transit systems here uh, in Metro Detroit? Uh, What do you think needs to happen to create a better transit system in Southeast Michigan? Uh, And would you vote for or against another attempt to fund a regional transit system, really fund a regional transit system here in Southeast Michigan. We come so close, it feels like, each time, uh, but can't quite drag that issue uh, across the finish line. As always, uh, give us a call on the phones, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter, the comments there, and uh, we can always work into the conversation that way. Ed on Twitter says, how is it that SMART is not handled at the county level? Rochester opts out now. Auburn Hills is voting on that. That's a good place to to take the conversation next, Dave. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, You were talking earlier about the changes that we've seen politically in in Oakland County, a Democratic majority uh, on the Oakland County Board of Commissioners. Will that make a difference? I think is one of the things that uh, that Ed is is asking. How how come this can't be handled at the county level in a in a more comprehensive way in Oakland County, so that we don't have these these gaps? I, well, and I think I mean, to that, I mean that question. Um, I think we can. Um, the Swiss cheese approach to transit isn't working. It's never worked. Um, it is is a problem into the delivery of service, reliability, and frequency. Um, at certain places, you can't get off where you want to get off. It is, it, it, it is so disruptive. Uh, it doesn't work. Um, can we? Uh, it, is there a way to move forward? Absolutely. The Auburn Hills Lake discussion, I think, worsens that. Uh, and um, we can, similar to Macomb County, that has a countywide approach of raising revenue to support mobility and transit. Um, I think it's important for I mean, your listeners to also realize is that we've got other transit entities across Oakland County. We have the North Oakland Transit Authority to the north that provides a level of service. We've got the Older Persons Commission that runs um, transit services in the Rochester area. We've got the West Oakland Transit Authority that's looking to, I mean, to, to, to provide comparable service. There's a way to uh, have a countywide approach that improves mobility, increases 
um, uh, extends and, 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 and provides new routes to get people where they need to go um, to allow expansion and improvement of paratransit and microtransit um, and, and frankly allows us to, to get workers to jobs and patients to medical care and most importantly people where they need to go. This system was very much designed around uh, getting people who had no other alternative. And if we really want to move the mobility conversation forward, we've got to create a mechanism that allows for the flexibility to get people where they, they, where they want to go. Um, specifically to them, again, the Auburn Hills situation, the way that a community opts in, opts out under Public Act 196 is pretty prescribed in law. And so, I, and again, I don't want to get into the, 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 the maturations of what the resolution being discussed is, um, but it's, it, it's a little distracting of what the question before we as a county have to move forward with a renewal or some way of how we're going to continue to fund our transit system uh, this year. Uh, the smart millage in Oakland County is expiring. And so the opportunity is now to do that. And like I said, the pro-transit majority that we have, um, in part by the, 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 part, the, the political shifts that um, has uh, shaped in, in Oakland County. Um, but we also have, I mean, our transit authority that we have that I mean, collects the revenue of smart now has a pro uh, uh, pro-public uh, transit majority. And that's and those are the factors that create an opportunity to have a discussion that we've never been able to have before. So uh, that seems to suggest that the officials who are thinking about this in Auburn Hills are out of step with what's going on um, more generally. W- one of the things that they have talked about, though, is the cost of being part of SMART, that, that they see this as... Uh, you know, as a tax issue, um, and that that they don't see the benefit. Um, we, we we heard from the chair of uh, that 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 council talking about that that you know we, we've got this Swiss cheese approach to transit. He doesn't see how being a member of of Smart helps fix that. Um, but but talk about that tension between cost and service that that seems to be at the heart of the questions about what we'll do about transit. Right. Well, and I guess I would disagree with some of the leadership in in Auburn Hills and the fact that nearly 75% of the voters, time and time again, vote to approve the funding for SMART. Like the actual people who live there that are are voting on this question, time and time again, vote to, to renew participation in SMART and voluntarily raise the revenue to support a transit system. But I also do share the frustration that Swiss, I mean, it, it, I mean Auburn Hills is on the outer edge of it. It is, it, I, I would be frustrated, like, well, I, I, I can't take this route further into Rochester Hills or some of these other areas. And that is, that's a problem. Um, and so, I, I mean, as we kind of, like, I mean, go forward and we talk, have this conversation about improving mobility services um, uh, and in transit across Oakland County, it, it has to be both the conversation of uh, new and fixed routes, um, it has to also be um, improving, expanding um, existing para- paratransit and microtransit services like the smart flex system, like the, the, the senior services and other transit services that the North Oakland Transit Authority and others provide, uh, and, um, and frankly, maintain the flexibility to uh, respond to where the transportation needs evolve. Uh, it is, I mean, it, it, I think, frankly, this conversation opens up this bigger need of why we need a countywide situation. We, we're all in in support of the Zip millage. We're all in in support of the DIA millage. We're all in in support, I mean, in for the county park system. Whether you actually individually use any of those services or not, um, we should all be in in supporting transit, which is, as you mentioned at the top of the show, um, critical to our economy, critical, critical to uh, I mean, community development, critical to access to health care and housing and a series of other things. Um, like this, this is the moment, um, and, uh, and, and I know I can speak for myself that uh, I think the time is long overdue um, to step up and, and reset this conversation uh, and, and move, move, move transit forward. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Let's start with Thomas in Rochester Hills. Thomas, what's on your mind? Hi, can you hear me, Stephen? I sure can. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, I'm Thomas Yazbek. Uh, I live in Rochester Hills. I'm in one of these communities that's opted out as smart. And for context, the opt-out only happened 30 years ago. 
less than 30 years ago, actually. So these places that opted out of SMART made a conscious decision to get rid of their transit. This is not something that naturally happened because these places have low population density. Uh, it's politicians that are standing in the way of a regional transit system. And it's not the auto industry, which some people some, sometimes uh, point fingers at. The auto industry has been supportive of the RTA. The auto industry, um, uh, you know, is really just politicians like the Auburn Hill City Council who are in the way. And, um, you know, when you have uh, communities like Auburn Hills, which are which have a lot of uh, a diverse population, people of all income levels and um, origins, you know, it, it's really not fair, uh, especially with a city like Pontiac next door, which is larger and, and has even greater transit needs. Mm -hmm. You're cutting you're not just cutting the Auburn Hills bus routes, you're cutting the Pontiac bus routes with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, Thomas, I'm glad you called because, you know, I think the the effect on other communities is one of the things that's kind of not not front and center in this conversation, that, that it's not just Auburn Hills and people in Auburn Hills who will be affected if they get rid of SMART in, in Auburn Hills. It's it's cutting off routes that, that go through other uh, jurisdictions and and. That makes it much, much more difficult. Uh, Dave Woodward, the other thing I think that it's important that Thomas is talking about here is the the diversity that we have in places like Auburn Hills. I mean, I think there's still this stereotype about uh, Oakland County that mm -hmm. sometimes takes hold where, where people figure, well, it's a wealthy, the wealthy jurisdiction. It's the richest county in the state. They don't really have that many public transit needs, but that's not true. I mean, Oakland County is much more economic diverse than people think, and there are lots and lots of people who need to be able to get around on public transit, not to mention that it's surrounded by communities that need it. Detroit and Macomb County, for instance, are much poorer um, overall, and lots of people don't have transportation. They got to get to Oakland County, or they got to get through Oakland County to get where they're going. Right. Stephen, you're so right. I mean, I think our economy doesn't, well, aside from those who live here, and, and we've got those that struggle economically, it, it, just like many other across the region. But, I mean, the reality is the Oakland County economy doesn't work if I don't have child care workers that can get here and, and get to their job, or nursing home workers, or restaurant workers, or retail workers. Um, that, I mean, often these jobs don't pay a lot. Um, when you hear, like, the auto manufacturer announce that the, the cheapest car, I mean, basically the cheapest car is going to be about $20,000, and then car maintenance, it becomes a cost-prohibitive option uh, that um, we have to find a way to address to get people where they need to go um, and when they need to go, and not just in these um, – but I, I call like some of these ridiculous schedules. Schedule your appointment, your ride three days in advance, um, between seven and three p.m. Um, assuming that people with disabilities, seniors, or whoever would rely on those services, those are the only times that you need to go anywhere. Um, that we can have a better system, um, and it does require all of us coming together. I mean, the, I mean, the Auburn Hill situation, like it impacts Rochester Hill, it impacts Pontiac, it impacts Royal Oak. Um, that we really do have to come together to figure out an appropriate way to, to respond to this. I, I mean, this conversation is making me and I remember, and I know, Stephen, you know the story of James Robert, uh, Robertson, the, sure. the walking man story, yeah. um, that had his job in Rochester Hills. And it, it just stopped. I mean, you, get, you get so far and then have to walk. Um, I mean, it's a flaw in the system. It's like when the route has to end because the community says, well, we're not participating. Mm -hmm. Well, then it, it denies economic opportunity, access to jobs, and the employer in need of um, those, I mean, workers to come and be able to be there. So, I mean, this is, I mean, it is a conversation that we need to continue to have. And the opening right now, I think the Auburn Hills conversation is part of it. But we are going to have to have the conversation anyway because we uh, we have to come forward to to renew the funding for SMART or a what I hope to be a more comprehensive countywide approach to I mean, addressing uh, transit. Yeah. Okay, uh, Dave Woodward, Chair of the Oakland County Board of Commissioners. It's always great to talk to you uh, about these issues. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation about public transit in southeast Michigan and the ability for communities like Auburn Hills to opt out of our systems. We're going to talk with a local transit advocate and a longtime urban planning expert about what all of this means for the future of our region. We'll also continue to hear from you on the phones and on social media. 
313-577-1019 is the number. You can leave comments at uh, Facebook or at Twitter, and we'll work into the conversation that way as well. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Bringing you news that matters. Stories that impact your life. Music from the Motor City and around the world. This is 1019 WDET. Detroit's NPR station. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always... Thanks for tuning in. We're talking this hour about public transit here in Southeast Michigan, a subject that we talk about quite a bit here in Southeast Michigan and quite a bit on the show. We just don't seem to be able to get our act together when it comes to public transit in Southeast Michigan. My entire life, this has been an argument about how we create a system that can get people from one place to another and how we support that system. We are actually kind of close to uh, a first of its kind, for us at least, regional transit authority uh, that could better manage the options that we have uh, for transit in, in our communities. But each time we put on the ballot uh, an idea to fund it, we seem to come up just a little short. We want to hear from you as well uh, during this conversation. What do you think of the conversation that is taking place Right now in Auburn Hills, an Oakland County community, that says it wants to opt out of the meager public transit system that we have now, SMART, the suburban bus system. They don't want to participate in it anymore. They think it's too expensive. They think it's ineffective. And they think it will be better if they don't pay for it and then don't have the services. They have said that they would create their own services for seniors and uh people who are disabled, just on weekdays. But of course, if you know anything about Oakland County, if you know anything about Auburn Hills, there are many, many, many more people who will be out of luck if there isn't public transit. There are a lot of people who have to depend on the bus, and that's all we have here really in Southeast Michigan is the bus uh, if you don't have a car. So again, give us a call, 313-577-1019. Tell us what you think about what they're talking about in Auburn Hills, but also give us a sense of what you think we should be doing to better support public transit. You think we should be trying again to get funding for the RTA? Uh, Do you think we ought to be exploring other kinds of options for public transit in the three counties in Southeast Michigan? Maybe include Washtenaw in that uh, equation as well. 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter, put comments there, and we'll work you into the conversation. I want to welcome two more voices to this conversation as well. Dave Gifford is a Macomb County-based transit advocate, and he's founder of Transit Guide Detroit. He's a former board member of Transit Riders United. Dave, welcome back to Detroit Today. Hey, thanks for having me. Also with us is Robin Boyle, a retired professor of urban planning at Wayne State University. Robin, great to have you back as well. And good to talk with you, Stephen. So, uh, Dave, uh, you and I are, are friends on social media, and I, I follow your posts pretty closely. So I know what uh, this this uh, this conversation in Auburn Hills uh, is doing uh, to your nerves uh, right now, and and I know uh, that that this is exactly the kind of behavior that you talk about when when you talk about the shortcomings that we have here in in Metro Detroit. But but I want to give you just a, a, f- a few minutes to talk about what is happening in Auburn Hills and what it will mean if they decide they just don't want to be part of public transit here. Well, certainly. Um- it's, it's interesting that Auburn Hills hasn't really, I know they've had smart service for a while, but they haven't really given it a chance to uh, to really take hold. There, there's a new flex service, which is like a, an Uber service where you can uh, use an app and, and summon a, a vehicle to your house. And unlike Uber, you can actually request one that is wheelchair compatible, um, which is something that Uber um, doesn't offer in Lyft. Um, so that service is just starting to take hold and it has growing ridership. Um, the other is the fast service that was uh, 
recently expanded up to Great Lakes Crossing and the Meyer up there. And um, apparently city council didn't think that uh, they, they interviewed Great Lakes Crossing and they said, well, there's, you know, no one, no one at Great Lakes Crossing gets here by bus. And uh, it's kind of hard to believe. I looked it up. There's 162 stores in Great Lakes Crossings. And there's also around the area by the other stop, there's Meyer, Sands Club, Home Depot. There's different hotels. There's about 20 restaurants and other retailers. So you can't tell me that everybody in those jobs is making enough to have a car and that everyone is, is able-bodied enough to have a car to get up there to, mm-hmm. to work. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is um, we're investing billions of, do- of our taxpayer dollars, millions of our taxpayer dollars in the General Motors to expand their uh, Orion Township plant, which is about two miles away from the last stop of the fast bus. Um, they're going to create 1,700 jobs, but if they cut off that service, no one's going to be able to get to those jobs if they ride the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is the, uh, the MTA Flint's has a regional route. They do 18 trips a day between Flint and Great Lakes Crossing during the week, uh, 16 on Saturday, 9 on Sundays. That will cut off um, any chance they have to get to Detroit from Flint, and uh, that that would break that as well. Um, another thing is they change their service from um, their what they have now to just this weekday service only for seniors and people with disabilities. Um, that cuts off people on Sundays and Saturdays from, from getting to church, from going shopping, from visiting family. Um, I'm, I'm a foster parent, and one of the things in the foster system, there's 14,000 kids in, in the foster system, and um, a lot of them have to depend on getting around by public transit. Um, a lot of the foster agencies give out bus passes to the the, stu- the kids mm-hmm. and as well as the uh, their parents. Um, a lot of times, they're not in the foster system because they're there to get adopted. A lot of them are there. Um, the majority of them are in the system until their parents can uh, can reestablish their lives and sure. take their kids back. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times, the only way you can do that is um, you know, getting around by, by public transit. If you cut that off, you cut off the opportunity to, uh, to get the job, to get your money, to get an apartment, to get your kids back. And that, that really interrupts people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Robin Boyle, you and I have talked before about how critical this kind of public inf- infrastructure is to sustainability in communities, to growth um, in communities. So tell me, as an urban planner, what does it mean to have a major metropolitan region like Metro Detroit with these huge gaps in this public infrastructure um, that, that create all of these, these insufficiencies uh, in our lives? Deja vu all over again. As you <laughs> said, Stephen, you've been dealing with this question all your life, and I was just thinking that uh, I arrived here 30 years ago and we could have had exactly the same conversation Mm -hmm. as we're having this morning. It's amazing, really, that over these years, uh, your lifetime, and and these 30 years for me, there hasn't been the necessary, in my opinion, leadership to demonstrate to Southeast Michigan just how important this element of infrastructure is. Now, I know there's a lot of barriers. I understand that. There's a history against it. There's funding that goes in another direction. It's ironic this morning that in the papers people are saying, hey, we're about to start reconstruction on 275. That's part of the problem in that we've Mm -hmm. got this bias, which is deeply part of, ingrained in our culture, that we will invest in infrastructure to move cars, but not invest in infrastructure to move people. And if you go around the country, and, and I think it is, very important, again, to talk about how other parts of the country have succeeded in building not great public transit, but adequate public transit, integrating new systems, integrating ride-sharing with public transit and with light rail all over the country. And we are still antediluvian. We are still Neanderthals when it comes to putting money into services that can move people who don't have access to cars. And it really has a debilitating impact on our region, economically, socially, and culturally. Mm. So, Raman, the RTA was supposed to solve a lot of these problems uh, when we passed it uh, about a decade ago now. And we just haven't, we haven't been able to get the funding for that. But but I wonder what you make of the prospect that the RTA would solve problems like this issue in, in Auburn Hills. Is that the, the button we, we, we need to push next? That's a really important point. I've struggled with this over the years. In what way do we need to have this grand 
region-wide, metropolitan-wide system? Do we need the, the large infrastructure that you find elsewhere? Or should we be more focused on the individual problems of, of created by the labour market largely to move people from home to work and back again or to major points uh, like um, Great Lakes Crossing or other retail facilities? I think it's both. And I think we've got both, in both cases, a failure to actually provide the leadership to do both of these things. I, I, th- I don't believe you can do transit in the long term, transit in the future, without both a major metro-wide system, which has its own leadership, and the RTA gave us that offer, but we they haven't delivered. It's a failure of leadership and a failure to connect the different political entities that are required to pull this all together. My concern is that if we go down the county road, we, we end up with a, another patchwork quilt, but it, it's admit, admittedly a bigger one. But at the same time, we also do need to demonstrate to people how transit works by having modern, smaller, linked systems that, to be fair, um, uh, the, the, the transit systems have been moving in that direction to move the elderly, to allow those with disabilities to, to, to get um, phone-based services to their home. So the, these are important ways, but we need to do both and do it better. Mm. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Let's go to Brendan in Ferndale. Brendan, welcome to the show. Hi, Stephen. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, usually when I'm listening to your show, it's a podcast stream on the bus, so it's unusual for me to be listening yeah. to you live on the radio here. <laughs> um, I, this is something that, that profoundly affects me personally here because I'm a rider of the 790 line. I'm a professor at Oakland University, and that line connects me from Oakland's campus to the fast buses on Woodward Avenue. So the decision that's going to be made by the Auburn Hill City Council is one that will determine whether or not I continue to be able to use these buses to get to work, which is um, both something obviously that really concerns me, but also, as your guests have been talking about today, the thing that is really frustrating is the sense in which folks who are not elected by me and who don't necessarily see me as their constituents Hmm. are making decisions that clearly are going to have real impacts upon my day-to-day life. So... That's a, a real structural failing. I feel yeah. Like, the system. yeah, Brendan, I, I really appreciate the call and that perspective. I think there are a lot of people who who feel, you know, helpless in, in terms of being able to make this better. And there are public officials who who get to make these decisions who seem a little detached from the day-to-day reality for people who have to rely on public, uh, you know, public transit to get around. Dave Gifford, I wonder... What your reaction is to what Brandon Brendan is talking about? Oh, completely. That that's one of the biggest um, hurdles to the the way we do our transit now is that people in other cities get to make the decisions, and other counties even get to make the decisions that affect people in other counties. We we fund our roads no matter what. Um, when I seventy five was going to get rebuilt, they realized it's going to take twenty years and, and billions of dollars to do, and they looked to the cities that the that the road passes through. Um, and they, the cities came back and said, we can't afford this. So they developed a private par- um, private public partnership to, to fund it and get it done f- sooner. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at, if you've been on I-75, you see that that section by eight miles to 696 is wide open, four lanes down on both sides. It's huge. Um, but when it comes to transit, we're, we're, we're begging other people, we're, we're begging for money instead of just being given the money by, by the state and the federal government. And the thing is, if we do better fund our transit, we will get more grants and support from the state and federal government. That's something people don't realize that it's not just on the taxpayers and the bus riders to fund transit. We also get grants just like roads do. Yeah. Yeah. We need to take another quick break. And when we come back, we will continue this conversation about transit, public transit here in Southeast Michigan. Also continue to hear from you on the phones and on social media. We've got a number of Twitter comments. I want to into the conversation and we'll get to Bernadette and Old Redford, Aaron and Jefferson Chalmers. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number here. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.
This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, as always. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're talking this hour about public transit and the discussion in Auburn Hills that is taking place tonight um, uh, by the city council there to decide whether they want to opt out of the suburban bus system we have here. Smart. There are a lot of communities that think that way. Uh, there's a lot of tension uh, frequently about the question of how we ought to support what meager public transportation we have. There's also a lot of tension about the idea of doing better. How should we fund transit as a region as opposed to as individual communities? Uh, My guests uh, right now are Dave Gifford, a Macomb County-based transit advocate, and Robin Boyle, retired professor of urban planning from Wayne State University. We want to hear from you as well about your experiences with transit here in the region uh, and what you think we ought to be doing. How should we be doing this differently. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook or to Twitter and put comments there, and uh, we can include you in the show that way. I also need to note that we were have been talking about this issue in Auburn Hills and talking about the decision that they're going to be making tonight. We did reach out to members of the Auburn Hills City Council to come discuss this with us today on the show. Uh, We had no takers. No one was uh, interested in having that conversation, at least in this forum. But you can attend that public meeting. It is tonight at 7 p.m. at 1827 North Squirrel Road in Auburn Auburn Hills. That is where the uh, Auburn Hills City Council meets. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Um, I want to read some uh, social media comments before we get back to callers. Uh, Big Lolo on Twitter says, uh, this will affect folks who have no cars and work out there. That's a shame. Big Neo on Twitter says, Metro Detroit cities don't want to participate in mass transit because they don't want low-income folks having access to their space. It creates problems with access to jobs and upward mobility. It is done on purpose to keep people down, especially black and brown people. Um, I have another Twitter comment here. Nat on Twitter says, It's a terrible move to save pocket change at the expense of 6% of households in suburban cities who don't own a car. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Linda in Hamtramck. Linda, welcome to the show. Hi, Stephen. Thanks uh, for taking my call. Uh-huh. I appreciate it. Sure. I'm a huge fan. Thank you. Um, uh, I used to actually have to take the public transit around 10 years ago from Hamtramck to Birmingham. My transmission went out in my car, uh-huh. and I just couldn't get another one for about eight months. And with the public transit in my bike, it took me about an hour and a half to get to work each way. Uh, Without the public transit, it would have taken three hours. And to be honest, I'm not really sure if I would have been able to move the needle in my life as quickly as I was able to without that public transit service. Um, And I think getting rid of something like that ultimately hurts the communities uh, that they're in. Um, You know, uh, now that I don't have to spend all that time in my commute, I'm able to spend time within my community contributing and giving back. Um, And I think it's ultimately going to hurt the community. And uh, like your guest said, a lot of people who work there, um, especially at Great Lakes Crossings, you know, can all of them really afford cars? Uh, They might come on some temporary need where they have to use public transit. Uh, I found myself in it. Um, so I think it's a huge disservice to the entire metro area to consider something like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Linda, I love that you called and, and shared that experience. And part of what I like about what you're saying is that public transit was something you needed at a, at a specific time, that, that the circumstances in your life made it so that you needed public transit, and that doesn't mean that you need it all the time. It just means you need it then. It's one of the reasons that this kind of infrastructure needs to be there and and maintained uh, because uh, there are always people kind of in and out of that. Dave Gifford, you have talked a lot about this sort of um, uh, idea of uh, carless families, carless people, some by choice, some by circumstance uh, and and the extent to which that can grow or is growing 
here in Metro Detroit um, and the, the need for mass transit to, to help make, make it possible for more people to make that choice? Certainly. Um, it is a lot from a uh, affordability point of view and also an environmentally point of view. Um, I, I did the math the other day. I've owned probably over between 20 and 30 cars in the 25 years I've been driving. Um, not because I'm a bad driver or anything, um, but because they're expensive. And, and a lot of times in certain points in my life, I couldn't afford a huge down payment on a new car. Or I couldn't afford to scrounge up, you know, three, four, five, $5,000 for a car. I had to get a thousand dollar car just to get me through to get to work so I can continue working to pay for the car and pay my bills. And, uh, you know, I've bought American cars and foreign made cars and it's, it's a, a huge financial burden when you add up the cost of that plus, plus insurance. Um, I've had to up my insurance to, to full coverage because um, I've lost two cars to act crashes that weren't my fault. And when you get in a crash like that and the car's totaled, it's, it's gone. Mm-hmm. You, you have no, there's no, uh, you know, you can't uh, put down, pay your, your deposit on your insurance and get it, you know, the insurance money. So it, it's very detrimental. And there's times like that where I've, I've gotten into a crash and lost my car and had to, uh, to use public transit to get around, or I've had to take the family car and my wife has had to use a public transit near us. And because of that, I'll never live far away from a bus stop ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's too important to have that safety net and also that option. We use it for fun too, um, to get to Ferndale and go down to Detroit um, saves us the the money from having the park downtown, $20, $40 by the baseball park sometimes. Um, it's ridiculous. Um, but as far as being able to get away from having to have a car all the time, I mean, that's a car payment can be, you know, extra payment towards education for retirement, um, paying off student loans, which we're still paying on here. Um, it, it can make a huge difference in, uh, in how you, you live your life and the quality of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, uh, th- thanks very much, Linda, for the call uh, and the example. Um, Bernadette in Old Redford, you're up next. What's Thank on your you, mind? Stephen. Yeah. What I have wanted for a long time is an efficient way to get to and from the airport. I, my suggestion would be major shopping hubs like the former Northland or State Fair or Eastland. Something could leave every hour to get us to the airport. And before I hear big companies complain about uh, the territorial issues, MetroCar at their exorbitant rate don't seem to have a problem. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's an interesting that's an interesting point as well. Uh, Robin Boyle, I wonder if you can talk just a little about if there are other communities that do this the way we do? Are there other people who are as inconvenienced by the lack in, in, of investment in public in infrastructure that we are? Oh, yeah. I, I don't think that uh, Metro Detroit is alone in this. Far from it. There are many, many metro areas that suffer from it. But looking forward, I mean, I continue to be somewhat optimistic. I mean, we can sit at home and order cornflakes or underwear and have it delivered to our houses using technology in less than 24 hours. And yet we still cannot move people from home to work in in an efficient manner. But perhaps what we're holding in our hands right now is the future, in that when we start to connect modern technologies, and by that I mean smartphones and all the different systems to flexible transit systems. I think the days of hoping that we're going to get some fixed link systems in big metros like Detroit is is probably gone. It's going to be a connection between flexible bus systems, smaller bus systems, the sort of things that, that Smart has already invested in, and connecting them to the way that we live our lives, which is in many respects electronically. So there's a little glimmer of hope. Other cities are doing it. Other places are connecting uh, individuals through their phones and other systems to transit. We just need to move in that direction and get the leadership that we require. We, we should demand that leadership to make our systems, our transit systems, more user-friendly for folks that live here. Yeah. Uh, I quickly want to take Harry in Sterling Heights. Hey, Harry, I've only got about a minute and a half left. Yeah, I'm in favor of public transportation, but the problem, I see these buses, there's only two or three people on them. You know, it would be a disaster like the, the people mover in a queue line. You know, it, sometimes it's public transit, it's just going to be a disaster. Sometimes you're better running off cars and, and having people deliver 
you know, privately. Yeah, uh, Harry, that's a great question, mm-hmm. and and I'd love for for uh, our guests to answer quickly. Of course, uh, uh, Robin, what's the reason yeah. to maintain buses when people don't ride them? I I, I agree with your uh, caller there. There there is. There are ways. I mean, we are using systems around the world that connect people uh, to do it, to do tasks that, that we don't necessarily need that very big investment in infrastructure that are, are relatively underused. And we need to think ways of, 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 of connecting people. The, the Uber, the, the ride-sharing systems that we've all got used to using, you know, I know they're maligned in some ways, but they do move people around for a relatively low cost. If there was some way of marrying that sort of flexible system with some form of public subsidy that is necessary to make it work could be an answer. Yeah, uh, Dave Gifford, I've got about 30 seconds, but I want to have you answer that question. <clears throat> well, we often see buses uh, looking empty because they're not at peak hours, uh, just like highways. They're, they're packed during the morning and the evening. Um, and then in the off hours, it's just it's a couple of people trying to get around. And uh, I mean, think about the frequency, too. If, if roads were only open every 30 minutes or an hour, people probably wouldn't choose to drive on them. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Dave Gifford and Robin Boyle, I love to have both of you here all the time. Thanks so much for joining us on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's going to do it for us today. We're going to talk tomorrow with an author who says the political left broke trust in government and its ability to solve big problems in society. This is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.